We're live. We're live. We're live. Good morning. Good morning. How are you folks doing? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. We are here for it. Today is Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. We have a guest in the green room. We, we have a fantastic guest in the green room. Yes. To share with you. And we are going to be right back. Back in a moment. Good morning, my name is Brian McNeil. And I am Lisa Santiago McNeil. And thank you for joining us on our show, Let's Talk About It. We come to each Monday through Friday right here on the SIBN Network on iHeartRadio, YouTube, TuneIn, as well as Facebook Live. Good morning. Good morning, good morning. Like, 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 like. Good morning, good morning, good morning <laughs> again. I'm telling you, we have a wonderful, wonderful program. Good morning, Katora. Uh, in store. Good morning, Couture. We have special guests in the green room, Ariel Bivens Biggs. We're looking forward to bringing her to the stage, and we do have a topic. Now, <clears throat> the guests inspired this topic. Last week, she was on the Cortez Hustle Show with a group of other mothers, and they were talking about their role in developing their children into entrepreneurs. Have they they all had children that were entrepreneurs, and it was just a really, really dynamic talk. Now, back in 2017, Lisa and I, we had an organization called BUY, Building Young Entrepreneurs, where we met on Saturday mornings, and we had great volunteers to help us out where we uh, had children that had either a desire to be in business for themselves while in school or already had a business for themselves. And what we did was we gathered together on Saturday mornings to help foster their vision or their dream. They had a young lady who had a cupcake company. One young man, he um, designed on sneakers and art. Another young man had a vending business. Another young man had a cell phone screen replacement business. They had a just varied businesses, but it was just a really, really exciting time. So, and we still have the Facebook group by Building Young Entrepreneurs. But when I watched those women yesterday and I was like, I got so, I mean, last week I got so inspired now, we tie today's topic, generational wealth, because we do believe two things. One is the best time for a person to start their first business is while they're still in school, while they're still with mom and dad. That puts within them the idea that they can produce their own money. And by that idea, that thought, that belief that they can produce their own money, even while they're still in school, that leads, that can change generations of a family lives. That, and that also grows into being smart with the money as well. So I'm excited about our guest. I'm excited about this topic. What say you when it comes to developing children entrepreneurs to create a generation of wealth? Absolutely. Good morning, Phyllis. Good morning, Ms. Vivian. Good morning, Katora. Uh, I am excited to be sharing our guest with you guys because we all are such a supportive empowerment circle and being able to have more energy as it relates to pushing these women in supporting of the in support of these children and their entrepreneurial journeys is so important. You know, um, you've heard me say on this broadcast before, I have been blessed 
tremendously blessed. I've been married more than once, and um, I have some children that are biological and some children that I've been blessed to have. But if I do simple math, I can count up to six, okay, children that I can say I'm the father of. Just simple math. And it's been my desire, I've been very public with this, that all of my children spend their lives as an entrepreneur, spend the whole life. My youngest is 18. I would rather he spend his whole life as an entrepreneur. My oldest is 30 and she works entrepreneurially as well. But I want all my children for the rest of their lives to be entrepreneurs. I want all of them to make their own money on their own farms, out of their own ideas, out of what they produce. That's what I want, desire, even though I know the entrepreneurial journey is fraught with pitfalls. Is fraught with ups and downs, and the downs can sometimes really, really be down. There can be a lot of pain in the downs, but I really believe that overall, it's a better life. I don't down anybody who has a job. I don't down anybody who wants to work corporate. I don't, but I want that for my children that I love, a life of entrepreneurship. I think it, it teaches them to, teaches them the right lessons, and I think I think it grows them the right way. Absolutely. Absolutely. I um, I mentioned a couple of days ago we were with Sir Charles that for me, um, entrepreneurship was survival. It, it was that's really what it was. It was survival. There was no um, there was there was no bones about it. It was just what you had to do in order to become, do, and have what you needed to survive. Interesting. So, because a lot of people, it has to, it becomes as not just oh, I'm deciding. No, you got to. Yeah. I did, a, uh, the other night, I wanted a cigar in the evening and there was no sports on. And I did a YouTube search of um, history that African-Americans need to know about. That's what I put in my bar. History that we need to know about. And it was so much, and then it went to another video, another video. I spent like an hour looking at history that that we need to know about because I didn't want to just do the traditional slavery stuff. But anyway, um, <laughs> it was talking, one of the articles was talking about how bad it was in this country in the early 30s when the Great Depression was going on, mm-hmm. how um, the banks collapsed and all this kind of stuff and people couldn't find jobs. And it really happened in, in history books that Great Depression went from 1929 to 1933, four years. But it was really extended. It was like 10 years when it was going on. And there was very few jobs. There was very little money. There was very few, gov- little bit of government assistance for general people. And black people had none of it. They could get they had access to none of that. So what do they do? How do they live? They had to figure out ways to become entrepreneurial. They had to raise their own food. They had to hunt for their own food. They had to help each other out. They had no other choice because there was no jobs, no nothing, and they weren't going to be hired anything. So it's just an amazing that that as black people, we're the descendants of those amazing ingenuity, ingenious survivors. Resourceful. Resourceful, Mm -hmm. yes. Resourceful. What you know, I really, like, I really, really, really put that out there today. What you know is what somebody else needs. What you have done is what somebody else needs. And oftentimes we minimize, uh, I'm waiting until 10. We minimize that information, that 
resource, if you will. It is still a resource, whether it's uh, physical or tangible or intangible, it's a resource. It creates something else. Sometimes your story, which is what I put out there today, your story could save someone's life. Mm. At any given moment, something that you have figured out could be someone's looking for the answer to. You know, all of us. Um, I can't wait to get to our guest today. Uh, I see her as a leader. I see her as a, and by the way, uh, uh, spoiler alert, we've already featured her son on the show before. Yes, we did. Remember Mikey? How much fun we had with him? Mikey Britt Biggs, I think is what he goes by. Um, he had just written a book, I think is what it was. So he was marketing his book. He his was marketing book had been his book. out yes. for a while. Yeah. He was marketing his book on, and how all of you guys really, really enjoyed him. Well, the lady we got today reared that young man, that strong, articulate young man. We got his mama up in this Mickey. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Miss Vivian says, uh, get the grind on, the hustle and the grind. Absolutely. Take what you know and utilize it to become what you need. Mm -hmm. Take what you know and allow it to become what you need. Now, how do you feel about the term? I know a lot of people like to say, I'm getting my grind on and I'm grinding today. I'm going to get up and grind. Rise and grind mm -hmm. is a popular expression. And I'm just not feeling the grind concept. How do you feel about it? Well, it's, it's a personal preference because there are also people that don't like the word hustle. Yeah. Right? So I, 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 I'm sorry. Don't use it if you don't like it. Because when I started, it was a hustle. It was a hustle. It, it really was a hustle. And when I say a hustle, I mean it in the negative, right? It was about getting something for nothing. That's really what it was. But that was the understanding at the time. The hustle was to get something for nothing or to get something out of someone, right? So you wanted to hustle them. That's not what I do now. That is not what um, I am advocating anybody to do. But one thing was true of the hustle, and is and that is that it still took a lot of energy and effort. Whatever it was, whether it was it panhandling, <laughs> whether it was selling drugs, whatever it was, it took energy and effort. So we want to apply that hustle, that energy and effort to what you are doing to make it successful. I saw a meme. Um, um, you brothers out there who can convince a third woman to have a baby by you, you can sell. Go get a real estate license. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to leave that alone. Come on, man. If you could get a third woman to have a baby. A third. <laughs> Go get you a real estate license. Miss <laughs> mm -mm -mm. Vivian says it's a New York term. Work. It means work hard. That's I know what it means. Yeah. I know what it means. I'm from New York as well. You know, I'm born and raised in the streets of Brooklyn. Come on, Miss Vivian. I know what it means. I just don't feel it myself. Like Lisa said, it's a preference, you know, personal preference. It's just a preference. I'm going to rise and get my grind on today. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get up and go to work. Okay. <laughs> this morning, you were in your office early. Yeah. Um, and uh, I came into this, to Lisa's office this morning, and I said, baby, today's going to be a, a, an admin day for me. I have a lot of homework to do and all that kind of stuff. And I said, how about you? And she goes, just work. You know, I don't want to lay it all out like that. I, I just got my work to do. That's it. I don't like, um, I prefer to review my day, 
and then set it aside, right? Because my calendar, my alarm, my tasks, my to-dos are going to remind me when it's time for each of those things to happen. Whereas if I hold on to all of them, like I'm going to have to do all, this is, this is what I got to do today, right? This is what I got to do. Then while I'm doing the thing that I should be focused on, I'm concerned about all the other things that I also have to do. And that can be overwhelming for me. So I focus on the one thing. That's it. This is, that's all I think about while I'm doing that. When my alarm clicks, bing, then I'll shift, set it aside and go to the next thing. That's it. Mm -hmm. If I do it any other way, then I feel like I don't have enough time to do any of it. I want to steer us back to our children, our children, our grandchildren, children that we know of. What say you, is it important to foster entrepreneurialism in them? Is it important? Is there something that you suggest that we do? Uh, how about you, Katora? Do you have a thought? Miss Phyllis, do you have a thought about how can we help foster entrepreneurs in our youth? Is it a good idea to even pick up? Is this a mantle even worth carrying? You know, what can we do? Like um, when my son, you know, God, I love my, I have amazing children. They never gave me much trouble at all. But I have one son, my youngest son. He's going to kill me for here. He'll hit me up sometime. Dad, can you cash at me $10 or $20? What are you going to do with $10 or $20, son? I need to get some lunch. I'm going to hang out. I have no money. And I tell her, I'm gotten to the son, don't, don't cash at me for $10. You don't need $10 and $20 from your dad. You need a business, son. Okay. You need to earn some money. Now, with him, I think we did it too late. Because by the time I started preaching entrepreneurial to him, he was already 16 and he was already indoctrinated. Dad, I don't want to get a uh, business for myself. I want to get a job at the mall. Oh, and it just crushed me that he wanted a job at the mall versus having a business of his own. I just like, oh, man, I have failed my son now. Well, you could have also dug the seat up too soon to make that evaluation because since then mm -hmm. we've uh, we've embarked upon a new journey with him and that he is looking at actually opening a restaurant and a basketball court. But he's saying that way down the road. Doesn't he needs matter. money today. Doesn't matter. He needs money today. You got to be careful of the language you put on him. You're right. Because either you want him to be entrepreneurial, in which case he believes that he needs some additional training to do those which things. Which is why he's going to school. Right. Or you can just tell him, go get a job now. Like you, you can leave him to take his own journey in this. The fact that he has revisited entrepreneurship is one for the win because that wasn't even a concept. Yeah. That was not even a concept that he was willing to, to embrace at but all. you remember when he was with us. I remember. For he lives in, in Raleigh with his mom. But what I also remember is that he was 16. Yep. And I think it's important that we don't judge seeds before they bloom. That we give the seeds an opportunity. I received that. You're right. To grow. Uh, Sister Vivian says, yes. Uh, Sister, yes, it's extremely important to foster entrepreneurship in all of our children. Yeah. Uh, the way she said all of our children, that made me, it, it took my mind to um, our adult children that have good jobs or have good businesses. 
that they have mo need more than one stream of income, multiple streams of income, more than one way. There's a concept that I've been turning over and over my head. I've talked to Lisa about it a couple of times, and uh, we brought mentioned it here on, on this show a couple of times, I think. Mm. But the concept that um, until you can earn money while you're sleeping, until you can earn money while you're sleeping, you're not going to figure out how to become wealthy. You're going to have to figure out another way to earn money where you're not putting yourself, you're not directly touching it with your own hands, mm. but still earning. Mm. Interesting. I definitely agree with that. And I think that it's, um, I think it's a worthy cause to pursue. I think it's a worthy, worthy cause to pursue. Um, Miss Phyllis says she speaks it into her grands all the time. Amen. 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 So we are going to be bringing our guest up in five minutes. So I, think I can't wait that, <laughs> um, that we should go ahead and um, do the songs. We'll do the greeting songs early. Yeah, well, it's not really early because we have a guest. All right. I'm always up for that. Ms. Vivian said, it's good to learn how to work in a job because you learn to work hard when you're, on, when you're in your own business. That's true. Whenever I've had these points, like I, was, I started a business and then I had to go back into a job. And I will tell you, um, Ms. Vivian, the pervasive thought, like I had my own business and it didn't succeed to the level that I needed to. So I had to go back and get a job. I promise you, I'd be on that job, busting my butt, looking at the clock, how many hours, and I'd be like, dang on it, if I'm willing to work eight hours this hard for them, what would happen if I worked eight hours this hard for me? And that's why I can never go back into a job for any length of time, because I would realize if I was putting the same effort in my own business, I'd be so much further ahead. Absolutely, absolutely. Ms. Phyllis said, I would like to earn in my sleep. It takes time to build the passive income that comes forth and forth in your sleep. I'm grateful that um, I'm grateful for some of the systems that I've put in place that now I can wake up to a cha-ching, wake up to cha-ching, but it's not as large as I would like it to be yet. So we're continuing to beef up those foundations, learn from what did what you did correctly and do more of that. To Ms. Phyllis's question, to Ms. Phyllis's point, there are more tools and resources now to be helpful to us. I had a conversation this morning with a young lady. She's in her mid thirties and she's got a big following. A lot of people follow her stuff. She does a, 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 a live show Monday through Friday. And, but the reason I'm, I'm mentioning her right now, because she has figured out a ways to earn money, you know, like that. But she was not only a delight to talk, she was just so freaking humble. That young lady that I sent you her pictures, she was real, real humble. She was like, yes, I know a lot of people tune in. I've got this many followers, and I'm just so grateful for that. I was impressed with someone that young being that humble with that kind of following. She got way bigger following than I have, you know, and she's a lot younger, but she's figured out how to use social media to do it. And I just was really, really appreciative of our humbleness. We're going to introduce her to you as well. Yes, 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 yes. So let's go ahead and start from the top. We got a few people out here that have already said good morning to us. If you have said good morning to us and you already have a song introduction, we will be singing them a bit early now. I know that some actually come on later and that's okay, but we're trying to give as much time to our guests today as we can. So we'll sing the ones we have. We'll interject here and there as people join on, oh, and front. we'll continue. Back to life, 
back to Katora Green. However do you want it. You early. However you need it. However. You was rushing. You was rushing the however do you need it? Miss <laughs> <laughs> Phyllis is here. So clear the way. Miss Phyllis is here. Now we can all have a great day. Good morning, Miss Phyllis. Thank you for joining us this morning. And Miss Vivian. Whoa, Vivian. Vivian Reed is here. Vivian Reed is here. And now the show can go, go on. Oh. Good morning, Miss Vivian. Good morning, good morning, here. good morning. We love, love, love it when you're here. I have to pull up the other, um, the other views, Mister Trisha. We don't have a song for you yet. I gotta see who else we got out there. Sometimes it's difficult when everybody is on different channels, but it's okay. We will make it work. Um, Miss Phyllis says that is that is that. Is it the system that I need to know and learn? And I'm stable today. <laughs> She's not moving right. around. Amen. Oh, you're not moving around. Yes. <clears throat> is Bill out yet? Yeah, he's out. He's out, and it's his birthday. Today is Bill Cosby's birthday. Happy birthday, Bill Cosby. Happy birthday, Bill Cosby. Happy birthday. <laughs> For the rest of his life, anytime someone says his name, he's going to elicit chuckles and all of that. Why? I don't know why it's gonna be bringing joy for like where um like if someone says you know don't Arch don't do it. <laughs> God bless us all, everyone. Please. All right, all right, all right. Coming to the stage. Coming to the stage. She's been in the green room. She's listened to all the stuff that we've said. All that she's seen all the posts that you guys have posted. She knows what we talk about. She's been a veteran of the show. But she's been lurking. Let's bring it to the stage, Miss Ariel Biggs, y'all. Welcome to the stage. What's up, Miss Biggs? How you doing? I'm doing wonderful. I'm doing wonderful. Thank we're you for excited. having me. Yeah, we're excited about having you. And before we start asking you a bunch of stuff, please go ahead and introduce yourself however you like. Okay, I'm Ariel, and I help momagers and their young entrepreneurs grow their business and make more money. Simply put, that's all that I do. But um, I also run a nonprofit called Young Biz Kids where um, I help young entrepreneurs um, develop their, um, take their passion and develop into small businesses. But when you're ready to take that business to another level, that's when you go into my for-profit side of the business so that I can help momagers learn how to really grow the business and make real money with the business. That is not this little play thing anymore. It's something that we're really about to use to start building generational wealth for our family. Now, are you saying momagers like managers? Mm-hmm. Because we're moms. Momagers. Yeah, momagers. <laughs> so we're moms and we're managers. We, we're momagers. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Helping momagers. Mm -hmm. Oh man, Melissa Price needs that term, that phrase, because she has two children that are entrepreneurial as well, okay. momagers. So, yes. so how did you decide to pick up this mantle, make this your mission in your life's work? 
Um, Because originally I started working with the kids. Well, let me take a step back. So my son at seven years old started his first business, um, made $1,200 in three days, invested into the vending company. And then um, now today he owns 12 vending machines. Well, wow. How old is he now? He's 14 now. And he has 12 vending machines. Yes, he has 12 vending machines. (laughs) He probably would have more if we didn't put him at we, at 12 years old. We stopped him from growing that vending machine business because he doesn't drive. He doesn't have a driver's life. So we have to do, you know, drive him around everywhere. So he's like, you know what? 12 is enough for you. But if it was up to him, he probably would have 20 or 30 of them. Wow. <laughs> but now his mindset is that he's going to invest in real estate. So instead of investing in more vending machines, he's going to take the money and invest it to his first property. That's beautiful, man. We love that. It's good that he has a momager. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so that's where we originally started from. But what made me transition. So I'll start working with the kids, helping the kids, having a good time with the kids. But then when the kids go home with their parents, the parent and the kid was speaking two different languages. And then They'll say, Miss Ariel said, Miss Ariel said, and the parent's like, well, I don't know what that is. I don't know how to do that. I don't know. So then I start, I transitioned and start working with the parents and start teaching moms um, how to work with their young entrepreneurs. And then Mikey started to help me more with teaching the kids. So we kind of um, started to split. Mikey, you take care of the kids and I'll take care of the moms. And I do work with some dads, but the majority of the clients that I work with are moms. This is a fascinating journey to me. Uh, I don't want to keep asking all the questions. I have You're questions. But I'm good. Mm-hmm. All right. So I want to go back even more. Um, like when, when Mikey first gave an interest in doing something entrepreneurial, because I believe in that moment when he first raised his hand and said, you know, mom, I want to do something to make me some money. I think it's possible that you could have just shut him down or messed it up, okay? You know, there's something you could have said or did that would have made that not happen. So it was also something that you said or did that make it did happen too. So I want you to, if you can recall, please tell us that story. So we were at some, so I had just had a baby um, and I was, me and my daughter was picking him up from summer camp and he asked for something out the vending machine. And I was like, no, you can't have nothing. I said, you're always asking for something. So when we got in the car, I was frustrated. I'm like, Mikey, do you know that all the money that you put into that machine go to an owner? Somebody own that machine. And then he was like, well, I want to own a vending machine like comedy. And I'm like, no, you can't own a vending machine. You don't you um, you're not old enough and you don't know how to run a business. And I was speaking to the fears that was inside of me because I had ran like businesses that didn't um, work. So I started speaking that to him. And then I caught myself and I was just like, you know what? I can't do that to him. So immediately I started speaking to that child that was in me that I wanted somebody to support me in what it was that I was doing. So I was like, okay, Mikey, give me a business plan and we'll talk about it. We'll get you vending machines. He was like, okay, about two days later, he came back with a five question business plan. And he was like, and I know how I'm going to get the money. So I, me and my husband, <laughs> we had to call, we had to have that conversation on, okay, how we, how we're uh, going to get the vending machines. You can't hear me? Yes, you can. Yes. Yeah, I can hear you. She's just being okay. messy with me. But go ahead. Okay, so we um, he made $1,200. So he did the lemonade stand, made $1,200. Wait, wait, wait. Back up, back up, back up, back up, back up, back up, please. 
Mikey came to you with a five question business plan. Mm -hmm. And then he said to you, and I know how I can get the money. Right. Which was the lemonade stand. And he ran it three days and made $1,200 in three days. And we watched him as he was running it. He was with the marketing. It was set up like everything is awesome. Lemonade. I mean, every the movie, everything is awesome. That Lego movie was out at the time. So he had Lego shirt on. He had a Lego cash register. It was Lego stuff all around. But that was his marketing. That's what he said was going to attract people. And it did. It started attracting uh, people <laughs> over wanting to know what's all this Lego stuff, especially the kids. They wanted to come over and play with this Lego stuff. But right next door to where we set up was a, a DTLR, and uh, which is a shoe store. And the Jordans was coming out that day. As soon as we pulled up on the parking lot, we saw this long line. Mikey and his business partner jumped out the car and started selling to those people that was in line before we even had the stand up. So it was. Wait, it was who's his business partner? Was that another his, kid? It was another kid, his best friend. Um, wow. He, he jumped out. They both jumped out the car and they started selling. So, yeah. <laughs> I love this story. I love it. <laughs> but during that process, other parents asked me, So, how did you get him to learn about financial literacy? He's taking his own money, he's doing this, he's doing that. I'm like, It's in him. But what we noticed over time, we started to develop him also. So when you know your kid want to go to dance, they might have rhythm or something, but you put them in an environment where they can learn more of the technique and the skills that they need to right. be. We did the same thing with Mikey with business. We put him in that environment. We put him with a coach. And then I started developing um, personally and then also in business so that I can be that leader and that role model who he needed me to be yeah. because I believe that it starts in the home too. I wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry to keep having you go back, but you're saying so much good stuff that's making my heart sing. Okay. So Mikey, you put him in an environment where he could be around where business success is happening, where business is going on. What does that mean? Um, so putting him with the black chambers where they have okay. programs and then mm -hmm. um, finding like a junior achievement, um, anything that was geared toward youth entrepreneurship, we were there. And then I, wow. also put, and I also put him with some adult entrepreneurs because I believe you learn at the level, but I also believe you learn up a couple of levels too. So when that time comes, it's like second nature. You start listening and hearing those things that you recall from a long time ago. So Amen. I just keep him in the environment. And then you said you put him with a coach. Yes. Like you found him a what kind of coach? A business coach. So H. Cortez has been with Mikey for a long time. He's been with Mikey since he was like eight years old. Yep. Cortez is my man. Yeah, Cortez he's been with Mikey. Yes, he's been with Mikey for a long time. And Mikey connects and jails with Cortez. And also he helps Mikey's mind to expand. So when Mikey felt one. like he reached a certain level, it was like, well, what's next, Mikey? What's next? Because we are also making him, Cortez calls it unemployable. Like mm -hmm. he, he won't be able to be employed because of where his mindset is. And he right. knows that he can create his these different streams of incomes when he gets ready. Like Mikey's new book is $125. And we got some looks like, what? And we was like, yeah, because what the information that he put inside the book and what comes with the book 
it's life changing. Your child Absolutely. will be able to pick up this book, read it, apply it, and go immediately make money after they're finished reading this book. So I love a, it. Yeah, it's much. It's <clears throat> Absolutely. Absolutely. That is awesome. And I am so excited to hear about all of his success and want to hear more than about the YBK day. I mean, you haven't shared that with the audience yet, but please, please do. Okay. So YBK day is a national day to celebrate all young entrepreneurs all across America. Um, I was just told yesterday that we're going international. I thought we were just staying in um, the uh, U.S., but we are going international also. But we're celebrating young entrepreneurs, um, in, um, inspiring entrepreneurs, seasoned entrepreneurs. Doesn't matter. We're celebrating all entrepreneurs. So the my city, my county, my state, they all gave me a proclamation to um established this day as young entrepreneurs, which is July 17th. Uh, but also I work with some other kids around the world and those kids are establishing the day in their city, town, state. So that's amazing. Kids, yeah. So it will launch YBK day will launch seven states, 12 cities, all on the same day, all at the same time. And it is the biggest marketplace of its kind for young entrepreneurs. Now that's just in four days. You know? Yeah, it's in four days. Now, what does YBK stand for? Young Biz Kids. Young what? Young Biz Kids. Young Biz Kids Day. Oh! <laughs> so I want to be supportive. Those, yeah, so all of those kids are getting proclamations also to establish the day. It will be an official day. My goal is to get to all 50 states by year three. This is the first year of it, but um, by year three, we're in all 50 states. You know, um, we talked earlier this week about um, uh, having something to go for. When you have something to go for, it affects your body positively. Mm -hmm. When you don't have something to go for, it makes your body feel less good. Having something like that in four days with that dream of having it in all 50 states, with developing this, the Young Biz Kids Day, I bet you feel great. I feel really good. The the thing that pushes it over the top, these kids are leading the marketplace. They got training from me on how to lead a marketplace, but all of these marketplaces are kid-led. So that right there is like, when we talk about developing leaders, we are truly developing leaders. They're the leaders of tomorrow. They are the young influencers when it comes to youth entrepreneurship. And the one piece that I forgot to mention, these kids are going to make money and make an impact at the same time. So they're going to make some money, but they're also going to, they're offering to their community entrepreneurial resources that's going to help entrepreneurship become like not something that's so taboo. Like this is natural. This is what we're supposed to do. Like we do basketball and sports and right. dance. We do that. This is, yeah, this entrepreneurship will be natural for the kids. It's, it's a must. What if we can get entrepreneurial children up to the same level as, um, what do you call that, um, leagues where the kids travel all the time and play basketball? What is that called? AAU. Uh, AAU, yes. If we can get entrepreneurial as popular as AAU. I mean, so many parents spend their whole weekends, every weekend, traveling, paying $40 for parking, feeding these kids mm -hmm. on the road, you know, spending overnight in a hotel, you know, so the kids can play basketball. They get uniforms, all that kind of stuff. 
Okay. She was all of that. We spent a lot of money. I used to I used to play AAU ball. So my mom was that mom that was riding around all over getting to basketball game. But then I started to coach when I got older. Um, so I coached Mikey and I was driving all the way around with him. And that was one of the reasons why what sparked me to start teaching him financial literacy because he was adamant that he was going to the league. And at this time, he's like five or six years old, but he was adamant, this is what I'm going to do. And I told him, okay, you're going to go, but I need to teach you how to manage money because I don't want you to get this big million dollar contract that you keep talking about and then mismanage the money and you're right back in the same position. But then when I was coaching in an athletic director of a, a middle school, all those kids were saying the same thing too. And I'm like, it's a disconnect somewhere because you can make the money, but it's how much of it you keep is what's going to help you. So I was like, financial literacy has to be included with these basketball kids. But then when I started teaching Sunday school, these kids had these big dreams and they was going to have these good jobs, but it was the financial literacy piece was missing because yes, you're going to make six figures a year. Yes, you could do that, but you're buying this big house. You want this BMW. You want this, like it was everything that I want, but not what, how to manage. So I was like, yeah, that's when the light bulb went off in me. These kids got amazing dreams and aspirations, but we got to make sure they understand the foundation of this. And it really is financial literacy. So I like to tell pe parents, I teach your kids how to make money, but I'm also going to teach them how to manage money. And I'm also going to teach them how to invest that money because that money has to work for them and not them always working for money. So it's a hold on, hold on. process. You give me too much good stuff. I got to comment on some of it. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay. You teach these kids. So parents bring their children to you and your organization. Yes. And you teach them how? To make money. And that's money. Money and that's money. So parents bring their children in for you. And you have like a curriculum okay. or a course or yes. on virtual. You do it virtually. How do you do it? Not at this time. I don't do it virtually. Um, I we meet, we used to meet once a month pre-COVID, and the kids would come and meet in one class, and then the parents would meet in another class, they would learn the same financial lesson. They would do one hour of financial literacy and one hour of entrepreneurship, but they would learn the same lesson so that they can go home and talk to each other and start building that relationship as entrepreneurs. And you talked about, you saw the disconnect as an AAU mom, you know, they all wanted this money, but there was no understanding of it. I want to, I want you to speak to um, the mother who has a 10 year old son who needs new sneakers and wants hot clothes and all that kind of stuff, a 10 year old son or daughter. Okay. I think that mother should teach that child how to earn some money, but I don't know if I do it right. I think you would have something to say about that. What would you say to that mom with that young child who needs money for this and that all the time? Should mom just keep buying them everything? I don't think so. I think they need to earn it because they're always asked and want the latest and greatest. I think that um, a conversation should be had about you love AAU. What can we create that we can offer to other players or other teams that's needed mm. that you can make an income off of or make some revenue off of? And it might be reusing tennis shoes because sometimes those kids wear those shoes once or twice and then they're grow but if you collect a bunch of tennis shoes um you can sell them for half the price and that helps a parent out or that helps that child out but it's create becoming a solution to a problem that you know that these aau kids or basketball kids have 
And it might be buying gift cards for your kids and it's leftover gift cards. And then you come up with a way where you could collect these used gift cards because sometimes the kids don't want the gift cards anymore. They want the money for other stuff. You buy the gift card for a lesser price, but then you have them. So when you're on the road or people look, you resell the gift card. So just little things that you know that parents have issues with when it comes to AAU, they forget their socks sometimes. They forget deodorant and care packages sometimes and you're on the road and you don't want to run to Walgreens and you, hey, I got you. I got a grooming kit that's geared toward AAU players that has sports, um, all the sports stuff like sports um, deodorant, sports cologne, you know, like everything that's geared around sports so that you wow. can be fly on the court and still smell good at the same time. Like, So I would create something that I know that's a problem for those AAU parents. I love that. And I hope there's an AAU parent or grandparent that heard those tips you just gave. Priceless. You know, I'm, I've been asking you a lot of questions. Um, we're only going to have you here for a little bit longer, but there might be something that you want to share with the audience that I haven't asked you the right question yet. If there's something on your heart that you want to share about this topic or anything you want to talk about, I want to yield you some floor time now. Okay, good. Um, I think mostly... Um talking about generational wealth. When we talk about generational wealth, we think it's starting a business and passing that business down to the child. Really, that's not what it is. To create generational wealth is giving them the education and the mindset so when they become a certain age or when they come to that point in their life, they can carry out what it is that they're passionate about. I see a lot of parents uh, create boutiques and things for their kids and saying, well, I'm creating wealth and they're they not going to want for nothing. Well, you might be creating debt for them because they don't That's want right. that. You know, so it's like teaching them at the same time, but also giving them that room that they're not married to the thing that you teach them. So like Mikey had the lemonade stand. Mikey had the vending business. Mikey sold, is selling books. Mikey has a t-shirt. Like, I, I give Mikey the freedom and I don't... Um, make him come he's committed but he's not committed to just one thing because i want him to play around with it and we found out mikey likes marketing mikey likes video editing he likes to do that portion of the business he can do everything else and he knows how to work and everything else but we noticed that so as your children are coming to you with these entrepreneurial ideas make sure you're watching them and looking at the different skill sets that they're developing so that exactly. you guide them and if they don't come to you and you want to give them a business and you want to put them in an entrepreneurial environment, start them with a program like Young Biz Kids where we can teach and nurture and guide them to where it's not so much of a commitment to we're going to start this business and we're going to get this storefront and we're starting buying all of these clothes and all these. No, that's not what we're doing. What we're doing is we're putting the right product in their hand before the wrong one get in their hand. And then with that right product, they're going to sell that one thing until they get to ten thousand dollars and then you're going to go back and have a conversation with them what did you learn what did you like what didn't you like and they're going to speak to you and tell you and then you're going to develop a business from there from what they're passionate about but it's right. steps to it you don't just climb to the top it's taking baby steps and just introducing that entrepreneurial mindset absolutely and, absolutely. and that's how we're going to create generational wealth like really with the mindset not with the business Absolutely. I think that that's phenomenal. Um, we had another mom that was uh, working some entrepreneurial exploits with her children. And it did it did sort of vet out that way. Um, she had 
quite a few children. She actually had eight children and uh, she was teaching a program to help them to help kids with languages. But she found that the younger children like to be on the camera and the older children did a lot better with the social media and with the editing and with the, you know. So if you allow them to work in their strengths instead of trying to force everybody to do one thing, you can actually create a corporation within your family unit. Yeah. Um, I do want to piggyback on something I heard you say. I really love your idea, the concept of true generational wealth is the mindset that they can create it. You know, the wealth, the mindset, passing that mindset on. You don't have to be just this boutique. It could be something else, but you still have the mindset. Like you talked about Mikey, did the lemonade stand, the vending business. Then he sold his books. He's got a T-shirt line. All the, Now, Mikey, in his head, he knows he can earn money with a lemonade stand. He can earn money with a vending machine. He can earn money with a teacher. He can do all those things. And, and it's, to me, it speaks more to what he has become versus what he's doing or did. The kind yes. of person he's becoming. You know, yes. I love that. Yes. Because now when you ask him what do he want to be when he grow up, he says a real estate investor. Because the transition went from vending, now you're going to take this money invested housing, and he started looking up housing. He started looking at um, different properties on Zillow all the time, looking up stuff and what he can buy. His mindset transitioned. So now he's like, okay, this is what we're saving for. I need this amount to fix it. Actually, he starts a class on how to do a rent a bathroom renovation. Um, and then um, so in his uh, high school, he's going to high school this year. When we picked his classes for high school, we made sure he had some type of home um, improvement class so that he can learn how to be, fix certain things in properties. So that he doesn't have to truly rely on everybody else. And he will have contractors and things like that. But we do need to know how to do some of these things ourselves. And even the things that we don't know how to do, we still need to have an idea of how they're done so that people yeah. can't get over on us. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. I'm a firm believer in that. In, so we know. In that, in in learning um, what you, even what you plan to pay someone else to do having an overview of it or an insight to it is really important to keep from being taken advantage of. Mm -hmm. um, everyone that knows Mikey now, you actually know a millionaire because he's definitely going to be a millionaire. Mm -hmm. um, I saw a thing not the other day about in America, 90% of the millionaires got millionaire, became millionaires with real estate part of their package. It has to be somewhere in the game, real estate, you know, mm -hmm. So Mikey's going to be a real estate investor. I love it, love it, love it. And um, Mikey, I hope he remembers his time when he was on our show. I hope he had a good time when he was on our show. Because mm -hmm. I'm going to come to him and say, hey, man, let me hold something. <laughs> <laughs> he gonna, and he going to say how much interest you going to give him. <laughs> like he, he's, he's, that, he's that kid. Like if I say, oh, Mikey, you got 20. He's like, oh, you going to give me interest, right? I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> just let me hold it until we get home. But when we first taught him about business, we made him fill out a loan application. We loaned him $20 and he had to pay back $21. What? Oh, oh, I am so, I'm never, ever, ever going to let you not be in contact with us. Okay. I'm going to invite you to different things soon. But you know what? I think that that's an important lesson because First of all, she was allowing him to invest in something that he wanted to do. And I think that that might be a part of the challenge of one of the exercises that you uh, attempted to facilitate with 
our son. Yeah, I messed it up. Yeah. He provided too much of the resources before receiving the buy-in from the child. And I think that, that what happens then is you're giving them a job that they never even applied That's for. That's what happened. Let me let me tell you my horror story, okay? Because <laughs> uh, I have a philosophy that everybody in my house has to bring in money, okay? okay. If you're in my house, you got to bring in money, okay? That was the thing. Lisa got to bring in money or she <laughs> can't stay, Okay. <laughs> So my son, when he, um, we had an opportunity to have him live with us for a while. And um, so I wanted him to earn money. And I had this idea I had now. This is me messing up. I had an idea. You know, my son, I because I know he can always detail cars, you know, wash a car and make some money. You know, there's office parks not far from where we live. So I thought this idea, I came up with an idea, Eli's auto detail, mobile detailing. Had Lisa make a website, um, I mean, a, a one-page website uh, and a logo and all that kind of stuff. And um, I went ahead and bought the chemicals and the rags and the kits and made up flyers and everything. And I told Eli, look, man, I'm ready to launch you into business now. Now you don't have to worry about getting a job. You're in business. And I brought him out there with me. I said, I'm going to go with you to promote this thing. We went out to the office park and hung flyers on all the cars and all that kind of stuff. And we did it several days in a row. And um, and we didn't get any people coming, calling us right away. And he goes, you know what, Dad? I don't want my own business. You know, I just want to go get a job. And um, and then Lisa and I was at the kitchen table. I was like, man, son, you know. No, first he said, um, I don't want to run the company. I'll just do the work. You guys run the company. I didn't want that either. I was like, Lisa was like, look, we'll show you the money and you'll realize how much money you could have been earning if you had just kept ownership. And he goes, well, I don't want to do that. And then he came back with, I don't want to have my own business. I want a job. Oh, that's, but that was me imposing a business idea on my son. Yeah. So I always yeah. have that one. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing that I deal with it's uh, Mikey, his friends around him have jobs I mean, and they're working. And so he came to me and he was like, do you think I should get a job? And I was like, you know, do you want a job? He was like, well, not really. But my friend's parents talk about the skill sets that they learn when they're working a job. They learn responsibility. They learn to be on time. They learn this and they learn that. I said, well, you learn that all with your business. You learn that stuff early running your business. But if you want to go work a job, I have no problem with it, you know? And he was like, oh, okay. I left it open because I don't want him to feel like it's only, for us, it is only entrepreneurship, but I want him to feel like he made a decision on his own. I don't want when he gets older, he blames me. Well, I don't even know what it's like working a job. I ain't never filled out a job application. I don't, you know, so I'm like, I'm going to give you the space to make the choices and then I'm going to guide you and coach you through the choices that you decided that you want to make. I don't think he's going to last long. If he does go get a job at 16, I don't think that he's going to last long. Because the other thing, when you talk about financial literacy with kids, even though he might make $1,000 in an hour, he doesn't get to walk away with that whole $1,000. He has to manage it. He has to put some to the side. It's that delayed gratification. It has to go into an account that's going to make you more money. So looking at that, but his friends come home with a paycheck that's four or $500 and they get to keep it and they at the mall and they popping tags and buying shoes. 
and he can't do that, but he has his own business. So we kind of deal with that type of mindset and really coaching him through. That's not what life is about. But if you wanted to go buy something, you can go buy something. But what are you saying no to? Because when you say yes to that, you're saying no to something else. And with this real estate, that real estate is what you really want. So we're working through that because he's 14 now. His friends are doing certain things. So this is a new area that we're working on and maneuvering through with him, with his mindset. And he knows what we teach inside our house, but it's not common inside other households when he goes with his friends. Hold on. Right. Um, um, Olivet David says, amen and praise the Lord. Beverly says, hi, hi, hi. Uh, Beverly also says, I used to do that. I was an AU mom turned basketball coach 30 years. Live, love it. I loved it. Basically, and Phyllis George says, yes, Home Depot classes are a must. Home Depot classes. Okay. So now we got two minutes left with you. Two minutes left. Is there anything you want to leave the audience with? Yes. Um, If you are a child, if you are a momager or um, if you have a child entrepreneur, I would love to have a conversation with you on how I can help you take your business to the next level. You can visit my website, which is workwithariel.com. It's a free gift there where I show you how I helped Mikey. I went step-by-step on how I helped Mikey develop his mindset and start his businesses. Um, If you are in the St. Louis area, I'm having a line. We can't hear you. The sound dropped. Hello? Oh, but can you hang out? Can you hear us? All right. Can you hang out in the green room for a little bit? And go to ybk.org to find out more about YBK Day. Go to ybkday.org. And don't forget to connect with Ariel at workwithariel.com and go there for your uh for your free giveaway. I have enjoyed that conversation with Miss Ariel Biggs. Um, I learned some stuff from her today. I hope you guys have learned some stuff too. I'm definitely going to want to have her um, speak at some of my events or um, um, weekly events that I do. Um, I believe in her mission and I hope you guys do as well. So we want to be in supportive of it. Uh, So many different things that she did with her son, even the dynamic that they're going through now. Mommy, should I go get a job? (laughs) Wow. I enjoyed the talk a great deal. Tomorrow we have another guest. Yep, tomorrow we have another guest, and I can't wait for that guest as well tomorrow. Awesome, awesome. I'm looking forward to it. I am looking forward to it. Earlier, um, we have had some great guests over the last few days. I am always excited to build and grow. Tomorrow is Wednesday, so you know that we, of course, will be talking about something evaluation along with a little bit of introduction for our guests And we are looking forward to um, celebrating YBK Day with Ariel and July the 17th. That's Saturday. I am excited, excited, excited. And I'm looking forward to continuing to work on the projects that I have uh, still under, 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 in progress, I guess okay. is the word right now with my clients. I am excited with the books that are developing and evolving right now. I'm finishing finishing up 
Black Boys to Men, Black Boys to Men by Rajon, uh, Rajon Sr. Rajon Jones Sr. His book is almost finished. It'll probably be completed today. And I am excited about bringing that and having him on the show to share with you guys um, his story of managing time, managing uh, managing his life as a young man through all of the things that he had to go through and what he learned from them and is now teaching his sons and hopefully influencing others as well. I too am excited about this calendar week as well. Today is going to be a really, really important day for me. This is the last day of the week where I don't have to be on publicly. I'm so grateful for the opportunities, but tomorrow, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, I get a chance to speak publicly and to share my word this week. So this is one of those weeks where I'm super excited. I am building, I'm using this last week here, this week here to build for my curriculum that I'm launching on August the 2nd, the Sales Confidence Course. It's a five-session curriculum. The Sales Confidence Course starts on August Monday, August the 2nd, and I'm building for that. I wrote some very aggressive goals for my curriculum on my bathroom dry erase wall, and I'm excited about it. Absolutely, absolutely. I, too, am excited. We love you guys. We look forward to seeing you tomorrow, and it's Tuesday, so you might as well have sex. Wow. <laughs>